For a long moment, the boss stayed, staring at nothing, while the gray-haired office messenger watching him dodged in and out of his cubbyhole like a dog that expects to be taken for a run. Then, I'll see nobody for half an hour, Macy, said the boss. Understand? Nobody at all. Very good, sir. The door shut. The firm, heavy steps recrossed the bright carpet. The fat body plumped down in the spring chair, and leaning forward, the boss covered his face with his hands. He wanted, he intended, he had arranged to weep. It had been a terrible shock to him when old Woodafield sprang that remark upon him about the boy's grave. It was exactly as though the earth had opened, and he had seen the boy lying there with Woodafield's girls staring down at him. For it was strange. Although over six years had passed away, the boss never thought of the boy except as lying unchanged, unblemished in his uniform, asleep forever. My son, groaned the boss. But no tears came yet. In the past, in the first few months and even years after the boy's death, He had only to say those words to be overcome by such grief that nothing short of a violent fit of weeping could relieve him. Time, he had declared then, he had told everybody, could make no difference. Other men perhaps might recover, might live their loss down, but not he. How was it possible? His boy was an only son. Ever since his birth, the boss had worked at building up this business for him, It had no other meaning if it was not for the boy. Life itself had come to have no other meaning. How on earth could he have slaved, denied himself, kept going all those years without the promise forever before him of the boys stepping into his shoes and carrying on where he left off?